Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi Minute. I'm tuned in. I'm Steve Azar. Listening to Mississippi Minute. We're rolling through 60 of them because that's how we do roll. I know we're going through some really tough times right now. Here are my thoughts and prayers. I just want you to know that. And once we do get through them, incredible adventure in Mississippi will be waiting for you. So go to visit Mississippi.org to find out more. With over 200 of his songs recorded worldwide and counting, 16 ASCAP awards and counting, Grammy nominations for his singles Heaven, Heartache, and the Power of Love and Beautiful Mess. My old pal Marty Rowe, I love it. This crazy, talented hit songwriter has penned a whole lot of hits. For pals of mine like Darius Rucker, I said Marty Rowe and Diamond Rio, Trisha Yearwood, Lady A, Reba, among many others. So let's get right to it. I'm getting all the way back down to the Delta. We're heading over to Mississippi State and learn how on the heck and how in the heck, how on the heck, I don't know, how in the heck (laughs) this man has done such great wonders yet again, a soulful cat from Mississippi. You know how I dig that. Welcome to In a Mississippi Minute in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios, the fabulous Clay Mills. What's up, Clay? Man, that's quite an intro. I don't know if I can live up to that. Yeah, well, all my all my guests say that, and then they realize they're with me, and they go like, "Oh, I got this." <laughs> hey, what's going on? How you doing? Not going good. I'm just glad to be here, and I'm waking up today, going to write another song, and I'm glad to be talking to you. This is awesome. Okay, so uh, I got to talk. We're going to talk farm because there's a parallel. Yeah. And, and we talked a little prior to getting on. So our listeners, I, you know, my one of my big mentors was Mark Allen Springer. He grew up in Wiener, Arkansas, on the farm. Uh, I, I made him take me to Wiener because I didn't believe it existed. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, but the, the bottom line is there was this incredible parallel from hard work. Something about the land, yeah. something about growing up with characters in the in, – that that are a lot of farmers are characters to me the way they fix yeah. things the way they do things it's pretty amazing how they're uh uh what is it uh they don't procrastinate and they it's like there's nothing that a farmer can handle i think that work ethic made its way into you so take me back growing up as a kid where'd you grow up man i was born in cleveland mississippi um my dad was a professor at delta state and my grandfather had a farm kind of halfway between Cleveland and um, Greenville. I say a farm, but it was 3,000 acres. So it was, uh, it was uh, pretty much a work from sunup to sun- past sundown kind of 
vibe that I grew up with. So spent all my summers on the farm working, um, and then I kind of chased my dad around. He went from Delta State to Mississippi State, and then later Alabama um, when I was in high school. But spent I kept coming back to Mississippi during my summers. It kind of kept me grounded, you know? Yeah, yeah. I love that. We're talking to Clay Mills, hit songwriter. Uh, I didn't know that your dad taught at Delta State. When was he teaching there? Do you, can you sort of? Um, well, he went to school there. Gosh, I don't know. My, I you know I fuzz out on history because he was a history teacher, and I kind of tuned that out growing up. But um, <laughs> it, gosh, it was a. I couldn't even begin to tell you. So probably like in, he was there. I would say late mid to late 70s or something yeah, i was just making sure I, that that he didn't teach me and i got in trouble for some reason or one of his, <laughs> no <laughs> no i love he was gone by the time that you would have been there right right give me your schooling where do you go because i'm trying to figure out when songwriting starts to eke into your system you know and when you felt like this is what i wanted to do uh were you involved in other things activities growing up that sort of distracted the music thing you know take me back to the young guy you know the wonder years okay well when i was a little kid maybe four or five six years old i had two uncles that actually played in bands in greenville um my uncle kevin mills he was um in a band called breezing and they played a lot in greenville and i just kind of grew up listening to their band practice and i was just fascinated by it and like i said when i would go out and work in the fields the guys out in the fields would kind of be singing and you know they're chopping soybeans and um it was just kind of music was all around you know Mm -hmm. and i think i wrote my first song when i was six it was called don't throw my love in the trash can. So <laughs> I progressed quite a bit from that point. But, you know, it was just, it. I don't know what made me think I could write songs, you know. I just, it was something that I just always kind of did, you know. Do, do you have sort of, because uh, you and I, this is the first time we've met, I think, right? Don't, don't please don't yeah. tell me that we met. It's crazy to me that we, <laughs> that we didn't, when did you get to Nashville? Um, well, I didn't get to Nashville probably till the mid nineties. Okay, so we were there together. This is really yeah. strange that we wouldn't have hooked up. So let me ask you this: Did you come to town to strictly write, or did you come to town to be an artist writer? I signed to EMI Publishing as an artist writer. Okay, and um, I quickly discovered I had a newborn son, and I kind of made the decision, you know. Once I got here, I kind of figured out that, hey, there are people that don't have to go on the road. They can just write songs. And so I kind of made the decision to, you know, I had a, a deal with EMI and Mark Bright, a big producer, signed of course, me. Yeah. But I kind, of, I kind of made a decision that I wanted to just stay at home and help raise my son. And, you know, I come from a, a big family, so that was important to me. And uh, it's worked out. I've been able to, you know, live my dream, but have other people go out and sing my songs. You know, uh, I, I always wanted, for me, I, I love writing. I like writing alone, and when I got back home, I had no choice but to write alone. So the so the, the, the co-writing thing sort of vanished uh, on my last couple projects. But, um, but 
when I went there, it was strictly one thing. I wanted to perform the songs that I that I had something to do with writing. It was important for me. Right. And 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 you're talking about being gone. Sometimes I was gone 260, 70 days a year. I know 30, 40 know. days at a time. So you're right. And I had the family. It's really what got us to move home. Um, it was a big tour with Seeger, and uh, he he would fly in and out, and I was on the bus, you know. And uh, yeah. our buddy Jim Moose Brown sometimes, who played with Bob, would we would come, he would jump on the bus sometimes when we could escape when we were close enough to Nashville just to go kiss on the family for about four hours, and then we'd get back on and go. <laughs> I was sponsored yeah. by ExxonMobil. All the fuel was paid for. My drivers, buses, everything was paid for so we could do stupid things that we didn't have to worry about expense. So yeah. uh, th- so that helped us sort of sneak home, kiss on the kids. But when we moved home, I, I wanted to get to know my children before they left, you know? Yeah. And so that was important for me. And uh, it was a, a little bit of a shock to the system after 20 years of being on, on, in music, around Music Row and there. But it was an important yeah. move for me to get to know. So I understand that. But I guess what I'm asking now is, like with, and I ask all my co-writer, all my songwriter pals, with streaming now and sales. So you can stay at home and you can be with your family, but sales are gone. So that revenue right. stream has gone. How do you, uh, obviously you can stay hot and have singles on the radio. But when you don't depend on singles all the time, uh, how has it affected your your thinking as far as do you get out and play at all now, like a lot of our pals do? Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely see that. You know, I'm fortunate because I had enough big songs that are still paying somewhat because they play on the radio. Right. Um, so that, and I never was one to get a ton of album cuts. If I got a cut, it was playing on the radio. So Love that. Um, that it hasn't changed that much for me, but I know people it has. I have friends that you know were on thirty albums a year back in the day, but they never got a single, and they they don't have a job anymore. So they're they're having to go out on the road and play more shows. And um, I do that some. You know, I I'll go out probably once or twice a month for a couple of days and play a show that maybe. You know, 10 years ago, I might not have done that. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, streaming's definitely hit us, you know, hard. It's, it's, it's kind of, but, you know, once again, coming from the farmer background, I know how big business, you know, crushes farmers. And it, you just kind of deal with it the best you can and you keep moving on, you know. I love it. We're talking to Clay Mills. So he's got it figured out. If I'm going to write, this is the words. This is you talking, Clay, not me. If I'm going to write one, I'm just going to write a big old hit and not worry about it. And you're in a Mississippi <laughs> minute. That's how. Now I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to come rub on you or something. I got to do something. <laughs> check it. Check. Okay. Dig into the mind and soul of Clay Mills. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studios, and he has kept Mississippi beautiful and spread it all around the world with his talents. Don't forget that once we do get through these times, an incredible adventure right here in Mississippi will be waiting for you. Just go to visitmississippi.org to find out all you need to know and a lot more. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Going out of my mind. 
out these days. Tuned in in a Mississippi minute. I'm Steve Azar. Thinking about you all today, your families, right now during these tough times. Guys, we're going to get through this together. We are in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I'm with another beautiful man, Clay Mills. Don't forget that once we do get through these times, an incredible adventure right here in Mississippi will be waiting for you. Just go to visitmississippi.org to find out all you need to know and a whole lot more. Uh, hit songwriter obviously knows if I'm going to go waste my time and write a song, uh, I'm going to make it count. <laughs> and that's what this man yeah. does. I love that. Okay, so let's talk our pal Darius. I've done the Monday after the Masters uh, since, I mean, for uh, probably 12, 13 years. Uh, and I've, I've written with Sony, with, you know, Jim Sonyfield. Uh, yeah. I spent a lot of time on the golf course with with uh, Dean Felber and Mark Bryan. Mark Bryan and I used to do a little jam together in, in Carolina. We'd do this benefit for diabetes in the backyard of our pal's house, uh, Pat McFeely, who's, uh, who, who does a, a great deal of uh, charity work for type 1 diabetes. And uh, so I've gotten to know the boys over the years. You and Darius, how do you guys meet? And you guys have had success together, you know? Or yeah, or, or have you co-wrote, co-written with him? Or has he cut your songs? I, I imagine that you guys wrote together. That's what I'm I'm speculating. Yes, yes. I mean, he pretty much co-writes anything that goes on right. his albums. Right. Um, but the way I met him was kind of funny. My publisher was friends with his manager and asked me if I wanted to go write with Hootie and the Blowfish out on the road. <laughs> so, you know, I grew up listening to more R and B and stuff, and I kind of missed the whole Hootie thing, and so I couple of days before I was supposed to go out and meet him on the road, I got a greatest hits record and just kind of listened to it. And I was like, wow, this is cool. It's, it's got, you know, kind of guitar riffs and yeah. some cool singable melodies. So I kind of wrote down some ideas I thought would be good for Hootie and the Blowfish. So then I get on the bus with Darius and he tells me, well, we're not writing for Hootie. We're writing for my new solo career that I'm going to do. And I didn't have any ideas for that. <laughs> and so we just sat there talking, and um, one thing led to another, and a title came out of conversation. Yeah. Um, and we ended up that that moment writing his first number one song ever as an artist. So what, okay, what, what, kind what, 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 what song was that? What, which one was that? Because it's been It a was while. called Don't, Don't Think I Don't Think About It. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that. You know, so take our listeners on this journey. You, that's what you, We go in, we have conversations, and something happens. So how does that title pop out? Do you, can you remember sort of the conversation you were having? Yes. Um, I don't recommend this, but when we sat down to write, I said, dude, I don't really feel like writing today. This is not what you say to a superstar when you get the chance to write with him. But if I've learned anything, you got to be honest with how you feel in yeah. the writing room. So we started talking. I was like, oh, I just broke up with a girl, you know, a couple days ago and wondering if I did the right thing. And he's like, well, we all do that. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, I, I still think of this girl from, you know, back in grade school. And I was like, hmm. And he goes, don't think I don't. So I wrote that <laughs> don't think I don't down on a piece of paper. And then the next morning I got up and the chorus kind of fell out. Don't think I don't think about it. Um, and I played the chorus of the song for Darius. And um, we changed a couple lines in that course, and then we wrote the verses, and that was kind of how it happened. I right there it. on the 
right on his tour bus. You know what? You're about you. If you don't do that, you were probably about an hour away from being dropped off at a Waffle House in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. oh, he's such a good guy. I mean, he he's he's golden. Um, as a yeah. writer now versus a writer twenty years ago for you, obviously you're a lot better. You're you know you you sort of know how to manage your time probably better with it, right? Right. D- were you yeah. a stressful songwriter back twenty years ago? Like, oh my God, I got to finish this. What am I doing? Waking up in the middle of the night, you know, going to sub shop like all of us used to do, <laughs> or, or 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 over at uh, what was the place? Uh, with the garage doors, South Street, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, so what were you like as a writer 20 years ago versus today, do you feel? Oh, man, I don't know. It was just back then you're kind of figuring it all out. So, yeah, maybe I was a little more stressed out. Um, but I found that the situations, the music business is stressful. I mean, basically we're gamblers. We're gambling on ourselves that – we can show up one day and write a song that the whole world's going to sing. Right. And that's a huge gamble, and it's a lot of stress. So I just kind of gravitated towards writing rooms with friends that we could at least, while we were in the room, have a good time writing the song. And, um, you know, that, that tend to, outside of the writing room, was stressful. But for me, once I was in the writing room, if I had good friends I was working with, then, you know, that was kind of like football players saying they, they shut out the world when they're on the field playing. And right. so that's kind of the way it was for me. I mean, I get that. Uh, there were writers that you really, if, if looking back, um, we get on a run with certain, I'd get, I'd get on a run with certain ones. And they, yeah. we became such good friends. It was like we were, I mean, there was like a marriage, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it felt so comfortable to be yourself. And once you were there, you didn't have to worry about uh, achieving at some crazy rate. You, you know what right. I'm saying? That you, you felt so comfortable that, and then that's when, that's when the good stuff started to happen. You know, I, I remember the feeling yeah. first time I ever walked in my first co-writing session uh, was probably my, my old pal, the late, great AJ masters. I loved him so much Oh yeah, and, and just miss him, you know, and, uh, yeah. and wrote a lot of songs, but then Don Goodman, who was, who wrote coming down a dusty Dixie road, time on her finger, you know, ring on her finger, time on her hands. He wrote uh, O-Red. And I remember when he was writing O-Red, I said, who the heck's going to cut cut a song about a dog, you know? <laughs> and now there's bars named after it. He, he still gives me grief. Oh, but, but he was like this, he was a, a lyricist, period. So every melody yeah. that came out of Don Goodman sounded the same, but the words were different, you know? Right, so, yeah. But, but there were certain people, Rafe Van Hoy and I became a really great team, Radney Foster, Mar- you know, there were certain ones oh, that, but James House and I probably wrote 60, 70 songs together. Uh, we oh, really yeah. locked in, and we were like brothers. I mean, it was like uh, any any idea either one of us had that day we were we were on it so but who yeah. was it for you and you know shane's been on my show already um who yeah. was it for you that you feel like you've been the most comfortable with um over the years probably in the writing room shane minor sunny lamare who i mentioned was a writer on beautiful mess we also wrote um fall together by clay walker um mm-hmm. and so those guys, and early on, the 
there was a writer, Rory Burke, who's a Hall of Fame songwriter. Right. Uh, he wrote, Hey, Did You Happen to See the Most Beautiful Girl? I mean, right. just a long list. He had Elvis cuts, you know. And, yeah. Um, he kind of took me under his wing when I first got to town and, you know, just made me feel like I could write. Um, because I tell you, you know, you get a publishing deal and they expect you to show up every day and write. I think my first year I wrote 30 songs while everyone else at EMI was, you know, writing a hundred plus songs. So it was a shock to, to, to find out I had to sit down and write a song every day. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to, you know, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry, Clay. But yeah, Rory kind of took me under his wing and, but there was the other side when you were talking about the stressful side, I showed up to write with a cat, Robert Byrne, who was an unbelievable writer and producer. And he, I got set up to write with him. I show up and Every time I would say a line, he would just sit there with a scowl on his face and no reaction. Couldn't tell if he liked me, hated me, liked what I was saying, and it was excruciatingly painful. <laughs> um, but somehow I learned something from that experience, um, and we, we went on to write more songs. But yeah, it, there's stress involved sometimes. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I love it. We're talking to Clay Mills, fabulous hit songwriter. Mississippi boy. I get excited about that. You've gone from Mississippi man to a Mississippi boy. Trust me. It's it's all good. Uh, hey, hey, Clay, so you know better than anybody. We are the birthplace of American music. You get to play DJ. Would you like to hear oh, into yeah. the break Jimmy Rogers or Albert King? Oh, man. That's what I'm talking ah, about. Jim, Jimmy Rogers. You got it. We're with Clay Mills. Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. That's what we're doing together. We'll be right back. I met his old gal, Sadie. She says, have you seen my baby? I told her he was downtown in the can. She went down to the jail just to go his bail. She says, I've come down here to get my man. She's in the jailhouse now. She's in the jailhouse now. Humble beginnings all the way back to 1943. Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank with its 17 convenient locations, help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. It's my third right here on Super Talk Mississippi. The sun You're in the Keep Mississippi the Beautiful Studios. Don't forget that once we're past this outbreak, there will be some great things to do right here in Mississippi. From events to unique places to visit, all you got to do is go to visit Mississippi.org to find out a whole lot more. We are with Clay Mills. This man has written some serious hit songs and continues to do so with such ease and grace. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studios. He grew up keeping Mississippi beautiful by farming. Hey, you talk about gambling, Clay. 
uh, and yeah. that's what you do for a living. It's what farmers do. I mean, you haven't you haven't left oh, the building yeah. yet. <laughs> you haven't even had a break. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I mean, it's perfect for us that grew up with that life because you know you're betting the sun's going to come out tomorrow and it's going <laughs> to rain and you know all that stuff. And there's so much out of your control, and that that's exactly like the music business. You know, it's so much of it is out of your control, um, but you just keep persevering. You know, it's that persistence. I love it. Hey, so Clay, go take me back a little, just jump back a little bit to the Wonder Years and growing up. So you're six, you, you're starting to write songs. You got one about a trash can, and you're moving on. I get, I get that. I was a little later. I was eleven. I was eleven, ten, ten or eleven when it hit me. But, but you, did you have bands like your like your dad and, and them growing up, or your uncle? You said your uncle. Your yeah, dad? yeah. Um, take me back I to growing up. In, I think when I was. 13, I joined my first band, and it was all guys older than me. They were, like, in high school and just out of high school. And so we were playing on, in clubs, and, you know, I was, like, this 13-year-old playing in, in bars. and um, But it was a musical experience. But the cool thing back then is, you know, in my ear, I hear my dad playing in our living room. He's playing Hank Sr. and maybe some Credence. And then it's the 70s, so there's just all kinds of music happening from R&B to pop to, you know, George Clinton and Funkadelic. And, you know, there's mm-hmm. it, it was just everything from Southern rock music, Molly Hatchet, Blackfoot, you know, Leonard Skinner. It, it was such a melting pot, you know, and I, I think that helped me later when I went on to, to write with different artists. I, I had this whole musical vocabulary so if i had sat down to write with steve azar i would have written a different song than if i had sat down to write you know with another country artist like darius or whoever right although you guys are not too far off no no i I mean i feel like that when we've been on stage together that there's something similar except for the pocket the 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 bank account yeah I always tell him. Yeah. <laughs> and Buddy, his bodyguard yeah. Buddy, you know. Uh, uh, my bodyguard, I don't need a bodyguard. But but uh, but Buddy it, was great. In Buddy, oh, he's so sweet. And I know he's been, he had some health issues, and uh, but I think he's good. And so, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. So I wrote something down that I wanted to ask. Oh, so I want to talk about Shane Minor. When Shane, so Shane and I were on the same record label. He was before yeah. me. And knowing Shane like, you do and you did right mm-hmm. and they come out and they're trying to make him you know the whole thing was he's shania instead of you know right uh yeah. instead of shania, shania making the male male. Shania. right 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 so you're watch. are you you're around him during all this period right actually i met him right after he put that record out okay um, and i remember the first time i got i mean but it was like right after um that record and so we were talking about the kind of music he wanted to do, and he was telling me he grew up with a rodeo family and exactly. he's got horses. Yeah. And I was like, dude, he's like, I know, I know. They wanted me to be the male Shania, and I went along with it. He's, so, you know, he's, he learned a lesson, you know. And so we started writing songs for Shane, which became Beautiful Mess, um, also... Fall by Clay Walker. Um, Andy Griggs cut one called She Thinks She Needs Me. Right. Um, but I, they were for Shane when we wrote them. But Shane never, for whatever reason, never got that next big record I can tell deal. you what the reason and, was. 
<laughs> his name is two. Can we, starts with L's and is two na- two words. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. No, but, but we won't get into all that. No, but. no, no, no. It's meant to be. But I love the fact that that he was able to to realize. You know, it takes making some serious serious mistakes to to finally figure out. Hey, man, I gotta. If I want to do this. I got to dig deep and be as honest as I can possibly be. That's the hardest yeah. thing for somebody. First of all, to figure out what honesty is with a, an artist, you know, or a songwriter. Yeah. You're thinking, I want to be a star. I just need to get there. But but for a guy like Shane, there was so much more and that was that was yeah. on the way. And I, and I felt like you guys were knew each other before or there's a it makes sense that you were writing these songs right after because he had gone through this mess, <laughs> you know, right. Um that that makes all the sense in the world. All right, so well, we definitely consciously changed the direction that he wanted to do, and right. so we tried to even with beautiful mess that it has this kind of western flavor to it, and um, we definitely went for that. We wanted to be authentic to him, um, right? And then you know, ended up Diamond Rio did a great job on it, but it it came from a real place. Uh, the uh, he, he's first of all Shane's a great guy man good 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 guy yeah. and so I'm glad he found w- the success that he that he's really been happy with you know I could tell in his yeah. voice that hey I overcame it you know and I ended up being where I needed to be and better for it and yeah. that's that's what it's all about um I was gonna ask you uh college days so mm-hmm. did you do the college thing or did you go straight to Nashville when it came time to go to college, my dad was at University of Alabama. And so I went there for two years, and then I said, kind of had enough of this, and I moved to New York City, of all places. And I um, was there for the next 13 years. I didn't get to Nashville until kind of later than most cats, you know. So th- what were you doing in New York? Were you trying to do the songwriting thing more in the rock-pop world? R&B world, what were you um, doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to do that. I got into, I opened up a recording studio. Well, first I worked at Manny's Music on 48th Street. And <laughs> I love it. Worked there, worked there long enough to be able to buy recording gear at cost. And then I opened up a studio, and people would come to my studio, and I would build tracks for them and stuff. I mean, this was the bleeding edge of all that technology. And... I would work one day with an R&B artist, you know, um, Babyface sang one of my songs. Um, wow. Another day, not, and then I would be doing commercials. So um, I have commercials that a whole, you know, one of them was famous. It was called Crossfire. And it was like, Crossfire, you'll get caught up in the crossfire. So I wrote I that. I mean, I was basically just scrambling, but, it was good. I was basically learning every kind of music I could. Um, and then I got tired of New York, and I got an opportunity to come right in Nashville. I met Mark Bright and EMI Music, and he was producing some acts, and um, he signed me to EMI, and, and I was like, now I can go back home again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, first of all, working at the music store, I get that. But thinking that you could open your own sort of business to do commercials and and have artists come in and 
I mean, do you look back on that time and, and go, what the heck did I do? It was a great move. Uh, yeah. You, you sort of got to be naive a little bit when you're going into things. And, I mean, do you ever look well, back Steve, and go, wow. it was, Yeah, and I, it, it was a great move in hindsight. But at the time when I opened up my studio, I couldn't afford a studio space and an apartment. So I lived in my studio office. And I would get up in the mornings and I would go and take a shower at the YMCA. Come on. I didn't ha- I didn't have a shower in my studio. <laughs> so wow. it was really, you know, it I wanted to be in music. I wanted to create music and a buddy of mine had a little studio and he said I've got more clients than I can handle. Um and I said, "Well, what if can you send me some?" And so that's how I got started, but man, it was rough. You know, you hear stories of people sleeping in their car. Well, I had this little you know, 400 foot, square foot, um, not, you know, just like, not 400 feet, but like 12 by 12 office. And that was it. You know, I just lived in there, slept on the sofa. Wow. We're rocking through a Mississippi minute. I'm Steve Azar, and there's all 60 of them, because that's how we roll. There's going to be a lot of great things to do in Mississippi as soon as we're past everything that's happening right now. Guys, it's going to pass. Hang in there. You're in my prayers and my thoughts. Just go to visitmississippi.org in the meantime to find out more. Today we're talking to hit songwriter Clay Mills in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studio. times and my friends at Guarantee Bank believe in every crisis, there lies an opportunity. Use this time to plan for the future as life returns to normal. It always does. Stay safe, help those in need or who are struggling with the effects of the crisis. Stay six feet apart and wash your hands. Let Guarantee Bank make this chaotic time a little less stressful. They have a full menu of electronic self-service options that allow you to make deposits transfer money, pay bills, check balances, and much more from your phone or computer. If you'd like to talk to a Guarantee Bank member at your branch, they're available from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. The phone number is 800-847-7454. Stay safe and stay healthy. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. tuned in i'm steve azar listening to a mississippi minute we're rolling through 60 of them because that's how we do roll i'm the clay mills in the keep mississippi beautiful studio i know we're going through some really tough times right now you're my thoughts and prayers i just want you to know that and once we do get through them an incredible adventure in mississippi will be waiting for you so go to visit mississippi.org to find out more so tell me about your folks and stuff when they knew you were in new york they knew you were chasing this thing uh they they love music you know so they were in i imagine as far as what you were doing but did they ever come visit and say where's the shower man um you know to my mom was always supportive my dad he was like why are you quitting college um you know it was it was a more difficult thing with him because he saw it as 
kind of like, oh, a musician, you know, kind of being lazy. Um, and so I really had to work to prove myself with him. Um, but ultimately, you know, I did. But it, it was not easy. And, you know, when you're talking about what I used to say, Sonny LaMare and I used to talk about this, to make it in the music business, you have to burn your bridges behind you, and there's no retreating. You, the only option is success. And right. um, if you don't have that mentality and that stupidity that you're talking about mixed in, yeah. <laughs> um, it's impossible. So that allows you, you burn that bridge behind you, and it allows you to sleep, you know, where on a sofa, a friend's sofa, or whatever you have to do to get by. Um, but it's almost like the universe is wanting to see if you're serious or not. And um, right. I kind of just told my... I went a few years without seeing my folks when I first moved up there. Um, and that was before cell phones. So, it, you know, it was like a big expense to pick up the phone and call long distance. Mm -hmm. And um, so I missed my family, but... After a few years of that, I got to the point where I felt like I could, you know, invite them up or whatever. And it was, and, you know, I was more on my feet by that time. It's wild. I love it. Okay, so today, uh, so you're in Nashville. Do you live in the city of Nashville with all that going on? Or you, mm -hmm. you buy some property and move back to the farm? <laughs> no, I live right in the middle of Green Hills, um, inside of Nashville, just a few minutes from downtown. Um, we, my wife and I are, you know, we're always talking about buying a place out in the country, but until I think the music business, I'm kind of where I need to be right at the moment. But yeah, we'll eventually probably move out of the city. And um, we do have a house in, out in Franklin, Tennessee, but we currently rent that out. So, um, I haven't made the jump to go move out there yet. So traffic right there, there's nowhere that they can move. Uh, like the there's the Chinatown, there's the donut shop, there's the Green Hills Mall. There's you couldn't yeah. push you couldn't push any more road. Uh you know, uh which is that no. east, east or west or no, it's north or south. So so I don't know the traffic there was always bad when I was there. And now coming back, it's like, "Oh my gosh, so just living in Nashville, Compared to 10 years ago, is it just really getting hard to get from point A to point B? Yes. And, I mean, it's crazy traffic. You know, they say that a couple hundred people a day have been moving to Nashville Goodness. for years now. So it just gets crazy. But I found a solution. I built a studio in my house in Green Hills, and people come over to my studio to write so i don't have to go out in the traffic that much <laughs> i love it i love you get everybody to come to you that's what i always did it i always had my studio at my house there was a point after working with rafe van hoy because he had his and that's when we had our success oh. he lives in green hills and there was a point when i just was i sat there so much i absorbed what he was doing and i started to make my own, you know play on a lot of my records uh i mean probably probably a mistake but but yeah, i've always done that now i'm sure it worked out well yeah. no it's been good but I, I love having my studio and being able to to be in control of a lot of the music and then add the add the flavors left and right and where it needs you know uh, what's missing yeah. but um anyway it's been great and i and i enjoy it and also i get to be in my studio right now uh talking to incredible people like you and i i can't thank you enough for taking a mississippi minute uh, with me you are uh very uh what do you call it extremely valid 
uh, on this show oh, <laughs> more than most because you're uh, you understand what it's like. Things do move slow. Before I go, I want to ask you yeah. one question. When I came to town, and when I when I was always every co-writer goes, "You're from there." You're from down there? And they would want to write a song about being down there. I said, listen, I got plenty of those. I need to have a hit. <laughs> you know, did you ever experience like everybody wanting to write or or did you not? You know, like I want to write about Highway 61 or how, you know. Uh, yeah. The blues. No, or... I mean, that, that happened a little bit. But in my case, I kind of switched over to the writer side. So if we had gotten together to write, I would have been wanting to write about your background. So. Or like with Darius, you know, I first time I met him, I was like, should we write a song about Charleston? And he's like, no, I got plenty of those. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love it. Well, hey, brother, I appreciate you so much. We got to physically meet sometime. Yeah. Blessings to you and your family and uh, just incredible career. I'm glad we got to celebrate it on a Mississippi Minute. That's about all I got. We're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. We've been with the incredible hit making machine of Clay Mills. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. The news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Fox News Radio, late breaking, up to the minute, from around the world, around the clock, here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.